This is a, a special uh, episode of Cinebabble. We're diving into, uh, is CineTV a thing? Cine... CineTV? <laughs> it's not a, I don't know. There's, well, there's like traditional TV, there's network TV, and then there's what I would consider more like your HBO series. It's your, not TV, it's Cine... HBO. Man, you should sell that. <laughs> I think it is their slogan. No, 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 no. That is, <laughs> you've really come on to something there. You stumbled across. I that. I think you did. I think that's yours. I'm pretty oh, sure it's that. Trademarks in a babble. It's not TV. They're going to get us sued. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this week on Cinebabble, we are talking about Watchmen, episode one, uh, new HBO series. It is, I wasn't sure if it was going to be a sequel to the graphic novel, a sequel to the uh, Zack Snyder film, which Warner Brothers also produced, uh, if it was not going to be either of those things. Uh, I know the uh, kind of the showrunners have have alluded to it's it's its own thing. They're not really beholden to the comic. They're not beholden to the film or anything in between. They're just playing with those ideas. Um, but I I thought it served really effectively coming right off of the graphic novel. Uh, a lot of interesting things happened. Uh, what was your what was your general take on it? Um, I was pretty sold on it just from right from the get go. Um, it is dragged me along for the ride i really i really liked it now what were he had previously it's lindelof right yep uh lindelof had previously done damon lindelof had previously done the leftovers yeah and he worked on lost and he worked on lost yeah. what was kind of give us your your history your take on leftovers before we dive into watchmen the leftovers um i had started that when it first premiered mm -hmm. and i'd maybe seen a couple three or four episodes maybe even less than that and I, I wasn't sold on it. And I think it was actually you um, who said, maybe try it again. And that was sometime later. Because yeah. I did a similar thing and then I only came back to it to see what season two was like. Yeah. And actually, like once I did and I, it was probably like not much later from where I had stopped watching it mm -hmm. that I got hooked. Yeah. It was probably like two more episodes and I would have just been totally sold on it. And I, I loved that series. I thought it was fantastic. Oh, by the end of season three, I just, I was enamored. Oh, yeah. I was completely in love with that series. I thought they were really doing some interesting things. They weren't trying to track kind of what you would expect from a sci-fi series. They weren't interested in giving answers. Right. Uh, I, I feel like Watchmen is doing a very similar thing. I yeah. don't feel like it's interested in explaining anything to me. Mm -hmm. It's more interested in here's the world. Right. Here's the rules. Here's the conflicts. And let's just watch what this set of characters do in the midst of all this. And I'm, I'm sure it'll have more in the way of traditional mystery solving and answers. Um but I, I really enjoyed that tone and approach from the get-go, from yeah. that opening scene in Tulsa with the right. massacre. Right. I was I was instantly like, oh, that's what this show is. Yeah. Yeah, I can always, I always appreciate um, when something has like an edge of mystery where they're not, they don't have to fill out everything. They don't have to explain everything. I like having to kind of work for something a little bit. And I feel like Lindelof always pulls that off in a really interesting way even i know people had problems with the end of lost i i honestly enjoyed it i i thought it was fun and interesting and um it's interesting to see lindelof and, and cues separate now uh -huh. because you can almost see the two elements that they brought to lost right and and lindelof 
very much has a, a different line of thought and a different approach to things than, than Q's does. Uh-huh. And with him, I almost feel like he was the one making the questions right? and and toiling in the questions, whereas Q's might have been the one that was interested in answering those yeah. and piecing together the the finer points of that. Yeah. I would love to be a fly on the wall, time travel, and then be a fly on the wall in those rooms <laughs> listening to them write that show. Yeah, for sure. But uh, so let's just let's start at the top. It uh, Watchmen episode one opens with this massacre in Tulsa, uh-huh. which is wow, not what I was expecting. Very intense uh, and shot beautifully. Yeah, uh, right away it establishes that this is not your mom and pop uh, TV series. Uh, immediately establishes a race war. Uh, racial tensions, uh, this idea of, of uh, order versus chaos and white versus black and upper society versus lower society, um, civil servants versus the common man. Uh, how did you feel that that transitioned into the, to the main series once they got to the modern day uh, portion of the episode? Can uh, I, I want one question before we sure. do that. When was this time frame? I, I was 19, trying, was I want to say it was 20, that, okay, 1920, 1922, that's something what I like thought that. It was. Okay. Yeah. I didn't write it down. It might have even been 1911. It was definitely early 1900s. Yeah. Well, I really appreciated um, that opening a lot. And I loved how it really framed the racial tension in kind of a very serious way. And it, it I liked how it differentiated itself from when it goes into the main storyline with the the um the main characters I, I like that it really set this bar of like we're dealing with this and we're not going to kind of shy away from it i thought that was interesting and not only did they not shy away from it it hard cuts from the massacre in tulsa to what should be a, a routine police stop right hard cuts to yeah. this and you could not have when you're talking about racial tension you could not have a more timely image of racial tension than what they do in this opening scene where you have somebody being pulled over and you can tell by the way he puts his hands on the steering wheel there is something going on before between law enforcement and like something else is there and it's obviously alluding to everything that's happening right now with with traffic stops and people being shot and Mm -hmm. things like that that was a really interesting choice to me very brave yeah um and interesting at the same time because it's it switches races essentially it's it switches right. the stereotypes it's the the white person sitting behind the wheel of the car and uh the african-american cop coming up uh to the door and even then you know something's off the mask right um how did you feel about that introduction to now we're in this modern world i i thought it set things be, to jump back a little bit is mm-hmm. from seeing the previews um i thought maybe the the hate group was completely focused on like cops mm-hmm. and to then see okay this is an actual like white supremacist kind of group mm-hmm. then that completely just raised the bar a little bit so it was really interesting to then jump to the cop and see that how that's playing too and also, I thought it was really interesting with the whole, like the gun, mm-hmm. how the gun's locked down. And that I thought that was really relevant to what's happening today and yeah. saying like how, like we're almost, we could 
I could see that happening. Oh yeah. I could totally believe that. This was that. not like Handmaid's Tale. This is not so far removed from reality yeah. where you couldn't see this exact same situation happening. Yeah. There are, there are places right now in the Middle East, uh, I was doing some reading because something struck me as familiar there. Uh, there are places in the Middle East where uh, law enforcement or different soldiers that are working in certain capacities against insurgencies and whatnot have to wear masks and hide their identities right. because otherwise they're in grave danger. Their families yeah. are in danger. And so all of this just really in in a, a very short five minutes at the opening was just like oh wow yeah and and much like the watchman graphic novel did in the 80s where it's it's really weighing in on popular culture this really feels like a series that is about right now right and what's happening right now yeah um and so i was i was hooked from the get-go yeah i i read a little piece um i think it was an um interview with lindelof and he was talking about how they're using the graphic novel as, and they're looking at it as the Old Testament. Mm. And what they're making now is the New Testament. Oh, that's clever. And I thought that was a really interesting way to look at it. Like we're building from this thing. It, it set the bar and we're going from there. I thought that was really cool. Well, and at the end of the, the Watchmen graphic novel, and that's that's where kind of this goes next, it introduced this this idea of the 7th Cavalry. Right. Now, th this group has taken the Rorschach journal and has misread it. Right. Uh, and there were they, racial it, overtones in yeah. it. And so you can see exactly, yes. What they, you can yeah. You can see exactly where a hate group would take something, a document like that, and almost cling to it like scripture. And it was interesting, too, that everyone else dismisses it as just conspiratorial writing because at the end of the graphic novel, the idea is, oh, Rorschach, even though he's dead, his journal is going to really bring the truth out. Here's another timely moment where you've got this, you've got the air of conspiracy theories. You've got people taking uh, a political writing and using it to their own advantage. You've got other people dismissing political writing just because it's crackpot and it's out there. And, that whole thing suddenly again yeah um it just it felt like man this thing has its finger on the pulse of everything that's happening right now and i didn't feel like it was overtly political in any way it's not no, like it no. was pro-trump anti-trump yeah. or pro-republican or pro-democrat or it just it's dealing with all of these things in the world right that the yeah the things happening in society that doesn't matter which divide you are on like yeah. politically yeah yeah i thought that was it's really interesting um, and so you got little allusions to President Robert Redford. Did you yeah. know that he's going to be in the series as President really? Robert Redford? Yes, Robert oh, Redford man. is in the series. I was really hoping he would be in episode one, but yeah, <laughs> like that's great. Uh, at least, unless I'm really misreading uh, all of the casting news and everything, maybe that was more tongue in cheek, but I'm pretty sure he's in it. Uh, wow, which... that's really interesting. If so, because. Have you seen The Old Man and the Gun with him? Yes. Yeah, which is a great film. Yeah. And uh, I, just, I don't know if I read it or just saw an inter interview with him saying that that was his final like acting um, role because he just wants to retire and work with horses or whatever. <laughs> now, uh, that brings us to uh, the point in the series where I almost clapped my hands. Uh, uh -huh. and I, I definitely laughed out loud, uh, squid rain. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> what did you think of Squid Rain? Oh, I love Squid Rain. I love Squid Rain. And especially <laughs> what they, like, reference later in yeah. the orb thing. Yeah. Where they think it's, like, a government conspiracy. Nope. Like, and that totally ties into things, nope. like, with chemtrails. Yep. And I thought that was fantastic. I, I love that. It ties right back to the comic with... Yeah. Uh, definitely, that's where it established this is not, this is not uh, the following Zack the Zack Snyder yeah. film. This is following the graphic novel. In the graphic novel, uh, Dr. Manhattan... Uh, or, excuse me... Um, Ozymandias. Ozymandias brings about this uh, biological creation. It's supposed to be this alien that has descended on Earth to bring together the powers of the world to fight against aliens. Yeah. In the movie, it was just the threat of Dr. Manhattan. Yeah. Um, that's a whole other debate. But I love that they kept the squids. Yeah. I'm, I, man, have as much squid fun as you want in this show. <laughs> I am down. I'm in. I I'm love ready it. for it. And I loved how I love, casual. That's what I was going to say. I love how, like, a part of life it is now. Like, the sirens, like, goes yeah. off and people are like running for cover and oh, gotta get out and get it off the windshield even I, the little girl isn't scared she's just like it's mouse yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so then then we get to uh regina king mm -hmm. uh and we get to don johnson yeah uh, and you get this kind of glimpse into law enforcement yeah uh what'd you think of that i thought it was great well it took me a minute to realize um when she's in the school talking to the children that mm -hmm. uh, i i believed her that she had retired from police um duty mm -hmm. um after that event that they allude to yeah but it was fun to then see like oh no she's just she's just gone underground to hide her identity further and uh i she she was a lot of fun i really like the development of her character throughout the episode and yeah. what she's capable of and i love yeah. that i loved her initial interrogation i loved that interrogation room oh yeah. i love the character with the reflective mask i know and i didn't realize um, from the trailer that that um actor is playing him so it, tim blake nelson yeah yeah and so to see like oh he's the like mirrored mask man and i was like oh that's fantastic I, I hope they do so much more with him uh, the just the the different characters that they had still had that homegrown hero yeah we just came up with this costume well um something that i noticed and i maybe it's not but what i picked up on was i really liked how they're in the police force there's these different levels where there's kind of the beat cops with the mm -hmm. yellow mask and then there's maybe like detectives yeah. who have kind of took on their own identity of a superhero with their own personalized masks. Yeah. And my very favorite, I, I don't know the position of exactly of this um, person in the police force, but was the big panda guy. Panda. <laughs> and, and he's just the, he's the bookkeeper. He's, he's the, the bookkeeper, rule guy. Yeah. He's the one that keeps and them. They reference him for like laws. Like, and they all hate him. They all hate him because he's keeping them on track <laughs> that we have to obey this. He's the one that has to release the gun. He's the <laughs> one that. This dirty panda, like he just took a stuffed animal and ripped the head off and <laughs> stuck it on his head. And it's so funny. And uh, yep. this, this, yep. the world building of that is so great. It's the complete opposite of the looking glass character where you've got this very refined, uh, which did you notice while looking glass is doing the interrogation? Is that his name? Fully, his name is looking uh, oh, glass, but he's fully doing a Rorschach. Like the reflections of the screens are yeah. creating Rorschach patterns. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's all reflecting that reflect around. Oh, yeah. That's the guy in it. 
Yeah, I love that. I, I rewound and, and watched that probably three times. One pass just to watch his mask. Well, one time I watched it. Second time just to watch what the mask was doing. Third time to watch images in the background. Yeah. And it was, there was so much packed into that yeah. scene. I love, like, I'm, it was probably intentional, but I love that they have that character. Because I is I really enjoyed the Rorschach, Rorschach character mm-hmm. from the original. So it's fun that they have that yeah. character to kind of fill that void and... Um, yeah, I, I can't wait to see what else happens with him. Uh, later they go on a raid. Uh, that was good fun. Yeah. Because anytime you're watching cows be slaughtered by <laughs> heavy artillery. Yeah. It, how can you not? Like, apologies to the vegans out there, but how can you not? Just get a, a giant kick out of Taking behind that. cows, yeah. yeah. Just pulpy cows. Yeah. It was just... Straight out of like Django Unchained, yeah. <laughs> when he's diving behind bodies, uh-huh. um, and I really like since in this world, like everyone's basically just a cop in a mask. Like mm-hmm. there, there's a sense of danger that there's nothing to protect them yeah. outside of just <laughs> their sheer will to take down this force of uh, evil that is this group of um, yeah. hate group. So yeah, there's like yeah, they could. I mean, there's no Doctor Manhattan here to stop this. It, yeah. it could go wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I I love that entire scene. Now there's there's quite the fan theory online. I don't know if you've read this. Have you read any fan no, theories? No, I don't read fan uh, theories. Oh, you just you just completely dismiss them because this one's kind of great. No, I just uh, do you want to hear it? Outside of that world, of, I love it so. Yeah, much. I'm ready to hear it. So uh, the uh, the character that's coming in next week, the FBI agent played by Gene Smart, uh-huh. uh, is Silk Spectre uh-huh. from uh, the graphic novel. Uh huh. And there's there's the big fan theory is that Don Johnson was playing, uh, um, oh I totally lost it, uh, the owl. Um, oh yeah, a night owl. Uh-huh. Sorry, I don't know why I blanked on that. Yeah, that his character is actually he's just changed his name. He's gone into law enforcement. Is that but why they the, have that's the night, the night owl, owl ship? That's why he has the night owl ship. That's why she's the FBI agent coming in because her old lover partner has been killed, uh-huh. and here she comes. Uh, if that's what they do, like, obviously they would reveal that almost at the beginning of right. episode two. It's yeah. not like a big thing, but I would, I would, I'm fine if they don't, but I would love that so yeah. much. Yeah. Cause I was, had a lot of speculation of why they had the ship that looks a lot like the Night Owl ship. Yeah. And I was, I came up with just maybe that, that I like that design of the ship. So maybe. it just kind of was mass produced and given to law enforcement. Yeah. But that idea well that and you... they've gone back and and somebody did screenshots and when you first meet don johnson and you're in or she's sitting in his office and he comes in there's an owl mug there's a copy of the uh, tail under the hood yeah is on his desk there's all of these kind of night owl hints in there uh-huh. and maybe that was just for fun and that's easter eggy yeah. but i don't know lindelof <laughs> yeah i don't know i think he's more in the vince gilligan uh, kind of mindset. Right, right. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. But uh, yeah, I'm not huge on fan theories. I like reading them after the fact. Yeah. But uh, that's one that ooh, I really latched on to. And yeah. I'd, I'd be okay with. Now, were you surprised by Don Johnson's exit? Uh, untimely exit. Well, yeah, just because it was Don Johnson and yeah. I expect he, he would be around longer than that. Yeah. But... Then I was thinking, well, maybe there's going to be like flashbacks and mm-hmm. he'll fill that kind of role. Um, but yeah, I was totally surprised by how the end of the episode turned out. 
Yeah. Now, the last element in the episode that we haven't talked about, and I skipped it on purpose, is Ozymandias. Yeah. Played by Jeremy Irons. Which I didn't realize until reading later that's who it was. I thought yeah. it was maybe the... Um, What's the black flag? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, Well, pirate. they were being very secretive about it, yeah. and they were refusing to say, but then HBO accidentally released a plot synopsis, and the subtitles called him uh, Adrian uh-huh. Pike and things like that, and so cat's out of the bag. Yeah. Um, there, there are visual clues there, but uh, what was your take on that? Because that is something else weird is there. There's a whole lot of weird there. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Well, I um, like I said, I didn't realize it's been what twelve years since I read mm-hmm. the graphic novel. I read it before the Zack Snyder um, movie came out, yeah. and which I need to now that the series started, I will go through again. But so I didn't realize that's who it was because I wasn't recalling names at the time. But reading afterwards, um, some things about it. Uh, it totally made sense, and I really liked they, the thing I was reading. They were showing a uh, screen capture of a paper that someone's reading, and it has his name. That um, what's his Vite? Vite. Vite. His uh, he died. Yeah, it says he's officially. He's dead. officially dead. And so I really liked then putting it together afterwards when they're throwing him a birthday party, because like and oh. they call it an anniversary. Yeah, they say happy first anniversary. Or right. Whatever right. It is. So it's just like, oh, they're kind of celebrating this new life for him where he's, mm-hmm. yeah. Is I, he in another dimension? Does it have something to do with Dr. Manhattan? Is he dead? Is he, something's really up, especially with the servants are super weird. Yeah, yeah. When when he offers him the horseshoe instead of the knife and he's just like, no, that's not a knife. And he, oh, I'm sorry, here's a knife. And then much more subtle, but huge birthday cake. He takes one bite of it. He makes no expression and says, that's good. And then he hands the whole cake away as if that was the worst thing yeah, I've ever tasted in my life. That wasn't actually cake. Yeah. <laughs> Just squid inside. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, I I don't know what's going on there. I, yeah. That was a like the, the squid thing earlier. That was just a delightful bit of weird in the middle that I know they're going to play with. And um, really curious what they do there. Yeah. And then I, I was reading, they were talking about... The play that he's starting to write. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was The Watchmaker's The Watchmaker's Son. Yeah, and that's kind of referencing... Um, Dr. Manhattan. Dr. Manhattan, yeah. yeah. So I thought that was interesting. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just... My whole takeaway after the first episode is I am so in. Yeah, yeah. I am on board and um, not in a leftovers kind of way. Enjoying the leftovers has definitely given me more confidence going in. Right. But it was it was such a confident first episode. Um, it did so much. It introduced so many things. It had so many ideas. Uh, I was completely fascinated with it. Yeah. Um, now, have you started back through the graphic novel yet? No, not yet. I, I was kind of waiting to see if the first episode um, was worth uh, the effort to dive too deeply into it. So now seeing that, oh, this is something to keep track of and enjoy i'm going to uh dive deeper into the back through the graphic novel yeah yeah i so i just recently finished it i dove right back in um and i so i watched the first episode i wasn't going to read the graphic novel again love the first episode so much i had to read the graphic (laughs) novel again read the graphic novel then watched the episode a second time 
and was completely taken. I know Lindelof said, like I had said earlier, that, you know, I, I'm not making this a sequel necessarily to the comic. It, it's not bound to that. Yeah. That said, I think it works. I, it's just, it's lockstep with everything. I've read some articles where people are saying it completely dismisses everything that happens at the end because Rorschach's journal ends up doing nothing. And some of these bigger themes they set up end up being nothing. Well, yeah. That's kind of the whole point. If you look at what's happening today politically and culturally, and you go back to what we thought it was going to be 30, 40 years ago, it, you know, the hopes and dreams of yesterday are not the realities of today. Right. Much like in the comic, the way it ends, it ends on this hopeful Rorschach journal. It's it's really going to do something. Yeah. No. No, it's not. Uh, because Well, it did do something, but not what they expected right. it to do. Right. It was not... As it was intended. Right. And he did something he thought was good. And, and ironically, the series then says Dr. Manhattan and Ozymandias were correct. Uh-huh. Because they said, you can't do this. People will, you know, not understand or they'll take it the way they take it. And they were right. Right. And so when you look at some of the bigger questions that series poses... I think when people read the comic, some of them come away thinking that that's a happy ending. Uh-huh. And it's not. Yeah, it's yeah. a very cynical ending. And this series takes you to a place years later that's the result of that very cynical ending. And I just, I I thought the carry through and, and you know, maybe they're more independent in, in future episodes. But it was just, I was really impressed with how it lined up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I read another thing they were talking about um how in uh, the graphic novel, there's like protesters in the streets and they have like the end is nigh and the signs like that. And then this, there's, uh, I think it's outside of her um, bakery, which is not Mm -hmm. actually a bakery, the sign that someone is holding. It's like the future is bright or something. So that would play into like, there's this kind of superficial level of where the things are positive, Mm -hmm. but really kind of like with this, um, white supremacist group that's there's a darkness there that it's kind of being ignored or mm-hmm. and it's gonna it's starting to bubble up again and it's it's going to uh resurface i was i just going into the series i was one foot in the door one foot out of the door i was just really worried about it like is this going to i don't know i don't know what i thought yeah uh but from the beginning all the way through and there was a little bit of me that kept waiting for it to ruin itself yeah like where where do i start to hate you yeah but just man what a great first episode uh it it made me it made me feel like the when i saw the first episode of legion yeah where i something about just the setup of the tone from the very first yeah. couple scenes i knew like i'm gonna really enjoy this yeah i don't know sometimes you just kind of know when something's going to hit a chord with you. And, and I think going in, um, knowing that it was Lindelof and how much I love the leftovers by the end of that series is like, he's going to do something interesting with this. Like he has an idea or he has people around him who have ideas that are going to do something new with this. And ironically, Alan Moore has always famously divorced himself from anything yeah. adaptation, anything that's done from his work, very dismissive, insulting of it ironically i think he would love this i think somebody that wrote that original story uh, unless they're just entirely opposed to 
anything existing with those yeah. characters, which I, I would get that. Yeah. But just from a story perspective and, and the way it tracks ideas, um, you would just you would think that the author of that original material would see that that this is right in line with mm-hmm. the kind of things that that he was trying to say. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's the biggest thing where it functions as a sequel is thematically and narratively and, and its message. Right. Its message just like and I'd said this earlier, just like the Watchmen graphic novel spoke to the time in which it was written. This feels like a perfect continuation of that. And it feels like it is speaking. It feels like it was written yesterday. Yeah. I know this was something they've been producing for a while, but it just, right. Oh my goodness. It feels right on October, 2019. <laughs> and I think it's far more interesting to, take the themes and ideas and tell a new story with Mm -hmm. them in this day and age, rather than just be rehashing the same story Mm -hmm. um, as whatever you think about the Zack Snyder one, it's relatively faithful to like almost a shot Mm -hmm. for shot remake uh, minus the end of the uh, graphic novel. Mm -hmm. But I, like sometimes even with my same feelings about like Star Wars, I, I like that they're pushing pushing the story forward mm-hmm. and telling a new angle. And I, I didn't bring this up earlier, but I love how in this, it's set in this small town. Yeah, It's not in the city. It's like, nope. it definitely hits that like blue collar working. Um, Tulsa of all places. Yeah, working uh, people. Um, angle of the graphic novel, and uh, I really enjoy that. Um, yeah, it was it was a great first episode. I am definitely looking forward to this Sunday's episode. Yeah, and seeing if they can kind of keep that momentum, or if they do something else, or oh, we'll see. What did you think of the like season recap thing that they did at the end? I appreciated that because it was not. I don't feel like it gave me. Yeah. It was very vague. It, it didn't give me a lot of direction or understanding of what the story was going to be. Just like that first episode introduces a lot of themes and plays on emotion and imagery, I felt like that recap did the same thing. Yeah. Sometimes I dread I know, me too. Recaps. Sometimes I don't want to see them. Um, and I think with this series, because I've been getting more and more uh, bothered by it, but I, th- I think I'm going to stop watching Here's what's coming next. Yeah, I kind of have. Like with um, Game of Thrones, I never would watch those. I don't mind. Like that, I didn't mind seeing a whole season worth of here's just some of the stuff coming, uh, especially the way that they did it. Yeah. Uh, But I'm not going to watch the week to week. No, I like seeing just snippets of what's to come without context of the story. Yeah. And just a couple of just things to make me excited for the future of it so i'm looking forward to it and uh you know we'll see if this is a one-off or after episode two i think we'll decide (laughs) if we're doing this every week or if we're just gonna you know check in once in a while yeah Uh, but i enjoyed watching it i enjoyed talking about it so any other thoughts no i think we covered most of it yeah so looking forward to episode two uh this has been i don't know watching watching the watchmen the men that watch the watch the the Watchmen. <laughs> Who watches the Watchers? We yeah. watch the Watchers. Cinebabble watching Watchmen. Watchmen episode one. What you watching about? <laughs> what you Watchmen about? What you Watchmen about? 
<laughs> All right, sounds good. All right, till next time. Watch you later. <laughs>